When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And for our third week of spooky season, or fourth, I don't know, this is a long spooky season, Mm -hmm. we are covering Fear Street Cheerleaders, The First Evil. Happy spooky season. For everyone except your daughters. Oh, well, I guess we're going to go there, huh? Yeah, I really hate to break it to the listeners, all those out there that are excited for Halloween, but it has been canceled this year. We will not be having Halloween. No one will be celebrating. We are going to be sitting inside, bored, listening with our ears, being safe with our body, because the race to the bus stop this morning, not my proudest moment. I was not the best version of myself, but there came a point when my oldest daughter refused to put on her shoes for so long and there was so much screaming that I said, all right, well, I guess that's it. No Halloween this year. Halloween has been canceled. And that really lit a fire under their ass. We did make it. We didn't miss the bus, but the threat is still among us. I think there's worse things you could have said. That's not too bad. Mm. I'm on your side. Thank you. My computer's not plugged in. Hold, please. And... I'm going to turn my camera off because this is a real shower costume and I'm not wearing pants. Oh my. Okay, so for the main feed cuties, we are both in costume this week. Donnie is dressed as a cheerleader and we will get into the plot of this later, but he is wearing a little tiny towel. I'm not sure why he had to go full Daniel Day-Lewis and commit to the part so much so that his balls are hanging out, but I appreciate the overcorrection from last week when, let's not forget, his costume was just one single hat. Oh, he's back. I am. And you know what's the scariest thing about this spooky season, besides me being balls out during this podcast recording, Uh is the little cord was literally right next to me. So I walked around half nude around this living room for no reason. I think that was your excuse to show off your little towel, show off your little costume. (laughs) No, or I would have left the camera on. You're trying to save your name after the disgrace (laughs) of last week. People loved that costume. And by people, I mean me. You sent me that screen cap and I was like, I look so good in a backwards hat. Oh my God. Last week, you couldn't tell I was Benicula. Can you tell that I am a dead cheerleader? I can, yeah. I wore this because every time I wear this sweater, you say, is that a cheerleader costume? (laughs) So I figured two birds, one stone. Like, it looks very good for this costume because it is a cheerleader costume. (laughs) Whether it says that on the package or not, they lied to you. (laughs) So the book, Fear Street Cheerleaders, The First Evil, was published August 1st, 1992. Unforgiven was number one at the box office, which the poster was some cowboy movie. So I'm just going to skip over it. I certainly don't know what it is. Mm. But also at the top of the box office was Death Becomes Her, Single White Female, A League of Their Own, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, Sister Act, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Whoa. I know. This is her story in the making. Truly. Ooh, Death Becomes Her. That should be next spooky season. 
season, if Ask, Believe, Receive, this strike is over and we're back to movies, I love that movie. Me too. It's also coming to Broadway, Chelsea, so I'll drag you. If the strike is not over by next October, I'm going to strike myself (laughs) with a hammer on the head. Yeah. I was actually (laughs) really, really happy this week reading this book because number one, this was my first ever Fear Street book. Mm -hmm. And number two, I fucking loved it. It was so good. It was really good. Is that your nipple out? (laughs) God, we just had a nip slip. Justin Timberlake's going to do an interview about it and capitalize off of it for years. Uh, This costume might have to come off. I love the can-do attitude. I love the confidence and delusion that you have that you didn't have a backup plan. You didn't have like a little tank top underneath ready to go. You truly just have a towel wrapped around you. And now we know that you are just actually fully naked during this recording. So we were asking for guests last week, but maybe it's best it's just the two of us, just us gals. At least during spooky season. I mean, the towel's going to drop at some point. I can sense it in my bones. Well, no, now I untied it and my armpits are what's holding it up. Well, you know what? This is a good thing, ultimately, because I like to see your hands in the recording, (laughs) especially knowing there are no pants. Uh, No, pants adds to it. Like, I like to lift up and slide in. I don't... uh, I don't need the visual. And that's why we don't get famous, Chelsea, because those Italian boys that are eventually going to blow each other on OnlyFans, this week they talked about how pretty they think their own assholes are. And you can't even listen to me talk about airing out my gunk. Okay, well, you're the one that just called it your your gunk. So I was trying to abbreviate and like guy junk, but gunk just makes it sound dirty. Honestly, gunk is a good <laughs> encapsulation of guy junk. And this is now the second week in a row that you have referenced those, and I quote, Italian boys. I did cut it last week. It is available on Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash I'm the cute one. But Donnie has become obsessed with these two straight boys who have a podcast. Maybe they can be our guests. I would be starstruck the whole time, but in a way where like... I don't care if I ruin myself. I would say, like, at the end of this recording, which one of you is going to stick your fingers in me? (laughs) Speaking of spooky season, on TV in August 1992, Are You Afraid of the Dark premiered, and the Pepsi Girl was born. Tracy Gold from Growing Pains was written out of the final season when she was hospitalized with anorexia. Mm. The double-decker Barbie Dreamhouse came out, and Princess Diana was recorded talking on the phone about how unhappy she was in her marriage. Well, at least things got better for Diana after that. (laughs) Are you a Diana person? I wasn't obsessed, but I was also really young. My mom was really into her. And I do remember that on the night that she passed, I was really sick. Mm. I've talked about my fever hallucinations. This was the dancing pencils jumping on my bed, like giant dancing pencils just Mm. tormenting me that night. And I remember my mom was flicking through the channels and we saw the news report that she had passed away. And I was, again, seeing dancing pencils, so I wasn't really coherent for it. But my mom was really disappointed about it. I remember being in the news, but my biggest Princess Diana moment is Diana the Musical, of course, and also that she was Sheridan Crane's best friend on Passions. Who visited her. She did. That's from correct. beyond the grave to give her a warning. <laughs> Diana the Musical ran 33 performances before it closed, and I saw three of them. That is 10%. Did you know that they're coming out with an Anne Frank musical? <laughs> no, it's not a joke. <gasps> Why? I heard you say Anne Frank. I thought you meant Helen Keller. <laughs> and 
I was like, how? How? Well, I heard it was a show that delights the senses. Uh, I would see an Anne Frank musical. I would see a Helen Keller musical. All right, let's get back to this book, shall we? Yeah, sure. Uh I did want to talk about Princess Diana really quick. One more thing. Okay. Did you see Spencer with Kristen Stewart? No, I didn't. It is so fucked up. It's like it's like Black Swan, but with Princess Diana. Please watch it. Is it going to stress me out? Black Swan like ruined my life when I watched it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know that Dr. Bald is the biggest Kristen Stewart fan? He thinks that she is an amazing actress. Like whenever people make jokes about how her acting style is just biting her lip and like looking to the side, he's like, you just don't understand it. She is a brilliant actress. I am closer to his side than... Other people's. In Twilight, I think everyone was terrible. But in hindsight, I do think her and Robert Pattinson are good. All of those interviews of Robert Pattinson talking about Twilight that are resurfacing crack me up because he truly did not even try to hide a little bit how much he resented and hated basically the thing that catapulted him to stardom. And I love that. He's like, (laughs) Edward Cullen is a creepy motherfucker. And I don't know why you guys want to watch this. True. One last thing about Kristen Stewart. Did you see her in the Runaways movie? Probably not because it's about a girl band. I didn't. It was her and Dakota Fanning. I'm familiar. Yeah. It's really good. It didn't get good reviews, and people universally hated it, okay. but I really liked it. Okay. Because that's my youngest daughter's favorite song is Cherry Bomb. Oh, wow. She sits in the back seat and goes, <gasps> Cherry Bomb. And she's singing yet again. <laughs> yet again. This is my personal form of a strike. <laughs> I'm going to sing every single episode until the real strike is over and we can get a guest again. And I'm going to make a montage and send it to the studios and the strike will end immediately. You're going to push play and be like, okay, fine, whatever you want, just make it stop. If you want Chelsea to stop singing, do us a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If we get to our next milestone before the strike is over, Chelsea will stop singing. Or leave a five-star review and act like I'm a DJ. Put in your requests. Tell me what song you would like me to sing. Okay, also an option, yeah. But (laughs) not the one I'm supporting. A five-star review is the easiest way to grow our audience and this community. So thank you in advance. A little background information. R.L. Stein began writing the Fear Street series in 1989 and ended in 1999 with the Fear Street Seniors spinoff. Now, I never read the Fear Street Seniors, but it was so cool. One person would die every book oh. and they would cross off who died in the book before. So I didn't read the books. I just went to that yearbook page to see who was dead. It's our very own America's Next Top Model <laughs> intro. It really was. And now I do want to read the books, but now the books are only on eBay for like $100 each. So mm-hmm. still not reading it. In 2005, R.L. Stein wrote a three-part Fear Street Nights miniseries and revived the original series again in 2014. However, young adult literature changed so much between the late 80s and 2014. No one was reading horror books anymore. They were reading, you know, dystopian stuff with sand. So the reboot only lasted six books. But in July of 2021, Netflix released a movie trilogy based on the books. And I want you to watch the trilogy because I do think you and Dr. Bald would like it. The first one is set in 1994. The second one, so you find out 
why what's happening in 1994 is happening. We okay. jump back to 1978. And then to find out where the curse originated, the third one is in 1666 with like Salem witches and stuff. Ooh, okay. Yeah. We're trying to find the center of the Venn diagram because I do love spooky season. I do love Halloween. We've talked about this. His movies are too fucking scary. Recently, we watched mm-hmm. that one. What is it? You know the one. Totally killer. Yes. I was talking like my mom. <laughs> you know the one with the girl and that thing in the movie? Yes, we watched Totally killer and we both loved it it was like a perfect center of our venn diagram interest okay that's how this series is like in tone except it's more gory so it might be a little more him and a little less you so who if anyone do you identify as? okay i'll get into it i do have a bit of bobby in me in terms of life experiences but I said that I very much resonate with Jennifer because I am a kind, empathetic, inclusive Mm. person. I am that. But I also do occasionally get possessed by just a (laughs) petty, betty, evil demon. You know, sometimes I can't help it. It's not me. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Or fear enough. Oh, boo. Okay, (laughs) who are you? I'm Kimmy because right off the bat, when things don't start going her way, she wants to ruin this girl's life and get every alliance she can to do so. Like, she knows this is not a single woman's job. She needs the entire squad against this girl. And cult leader vibes, I do think I would be able to get the entire squad with me. I do think that you would, but I think, and I'm going to give you a little bit of credit here, I think you are socially smarter than Kimmy. Mm. I think that she shows her emotions on her sleeve. Again, I hope there is a Big Brother producer listening because (laughs) you would thrive on Big Brother for these reasons. I think that you are much more insidious, duplicitous, evil, where you would be able to fly under the radar and people would be turning against people but not realizing that you were the puppet master behind the scenes. So maybe I'm Jennifer as well. Well, no, you'd be the demon. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) I think. I don't know. We'll get to the ending because I have questions. Yeah, maybe I am. I am whatever that thing was. (laughs) Now, the back of the book. Newcomers, Corky and Bobby Corcoran, want more than anything to make the cheerleading squad at Shadyside High. But as soon as the Corcoran sisters are named to the team, terrible things happen to the cheerleaders. The horror starts with a mysterious accident near the Fear Street Cemetery. Soon after, piercing screams echo through the empty halls. And then the murders begin. Can Corky and Bobby stop the killer before the entire cheerleading squad is destroyed? We'll find find out. out two things. It took every fiber of my being not to cut you off. I think it's pronounced Corcoran. No, Corcoran. (laughs) Also, can we talk about how one of the main characters' name is literally Corky Corcoran? Right. Corky Corcoran. That's even worse. (laughs) Because for a while when they were calling her Corky, I was like, oh, you know, she's on a sports team. She's on a cheerleading squad. It's a nickname based on her last name. But then one of the characters literally calls her Corky Corcoran. And I was like, this is a hate crime. This is an assault via name by parenting. Corcoran. Corcoran, okay. What the fuck was that? I look up how to pronounce things on YouTube. (laughs) Corky Corcoran is a terrible name. It is. That's my thesis statement. (laughs) Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash one. See you there. So, Corky and Bobby 
Corcoran, although their first names suggest otherwise, are not family pets, but instead the blonde Irish twin trickster duo trying out for the Shadyside High cheerleading squad after moving from Missouri. I do have questions about the logistics because, (laughs) number one, I find it really weird. They keep talking about like, well, we had spring tryouts. Why are they coming in the fall and joining the team? Because that doesn't make sense. What about the new freshmen coming in? I just feel like it's a weird thing to have spring tryouts. Right. Right? And then also, there's six girls that are allowed to have a spot. Six girls seems like a very small cheerleading squad. I've seen Navarro cheer. Yeah. I've seen how many bases it requires to get those tiny little flyers up True, there. and they're doing stunt stunts. Like, even if it was a half-ass cheerleading squad where they just, you know, yell and stuff, still six voices is not a lot, especially six white girl voices. Like, come on, all you Al fans, like that. That's not All the way down the court, lines, <laughs> all the way down the court. Just like that. But this is a squad that does stunts right. and stuff. Like Corky and Bobby come tossing each other into the rafters. Right. And yes, they're Cirque du Soleil adjacent freaks. <laughs> like they have the twin tuition where they can just be lifting each yeah. other up, just the two of them. But typically, right. even a pyramid. My God. So we're literally just having three, two, one. That's the pyramid. I think R.L. Stein had no cheerleading experience and just had a pyramid in his mind. And then that was it. He's like, that's all we need. So even though the sisters were former All-State champions, the whole squad is against them joining. Everyone except the Julia Roberts lookalike, head captain Jennifer. And because this is a cheerocracy and not a democracy, Jennifer's vote is the only one that matters. So after a flawless tryout, the girls are on the squad. Which Miss Green, the quote-unquote coach of the squad, (laughs) Miss Green is a little bitch. And not a bitch like a bad bitch. No, a bitch like a little moist, wet, flaccid penis. I'm with Betty White on this one. I don't think pussy should be anything that's weak. I think that we should just start calling people flaccid ding-dongs. So Miss Green is a flaccid ding-dong. Miss Green was a gunk. (laughs) Miss Green was a gunk and a half because she basically was like, okay, well, it's up to Jennifer. It's like, come on, Miss Green. I don't know if it's a school thing, a Miss Green thing, a cheerleading squad thing. I don't know. But this entire book was run very poorly. Like, there are a lot of bad decisions made. Again, I don't know by school board, by Miss Green, by Jennifer herself, but they were asking for drama. Yeah, and maybe they didn't think that there would be supernatural elements, but certainly they were opening the door, if not to the spirit world, into bullying. bullying. Yeah. And it's not like a Navarro cheer situation. Like, the things that this school did to the cheerleading squad, if there was a camera crew following them, I would understand. Like, oh, this is the producers. No, this is just Miss Green. Let's be clear when we're talking about the stuff Navarro cheer did. We're talking about the stuff we saw on the show and not behind the scenes. No, no, Just want to do that disclaimer, because I do think there's a curse happening over there as well. There might be some demons afoot on old Monica's team, too. But yeah, right. They're not doing it because they're trying to be on Vanderpump Rules or Laguna Beach. They're just... Evil. (laughs) What do you think it is about Jennifer that makes her look like Julia Roberts? It has to be a teeth thing, right? I always assume it's teeth. Again, my mom has been called Julia Roberts, and you guys see me. I don't think I look like Julia Roberts, but also any celebrity doppelganger that anybody's ever thrown at me, I'm always like, oh, so they- Yeah, oh, they have fucked up teeth. Yeah, cool. Not fucked up, just prominent. Their biggest feature is their teeth. I get Jennifer Gardner a lot. Love her. Big teeth. The girl from House on Haunted Hill- Who's that? Broken Neck Lady. She was in You. Oh, I've gotten that girl a lot, too. Yeah, yeah Big T. That's who I get. 
When you look granola is when I think you look like her. When it looks like you're out camping. <laughs> that's that's when I really think you look like the girl from you. You're not saying it, but again, your voice is in my brain. When the lesbian side of my bisexuality <laughs> comes out. Yeah. You and Quinn also keep telling me I look like Allison Williams, but that's based on her poor style is what I think was a direct <laughs> no. quote the last time we all got together. So There are certain outfits that she wears that is very Chelsea adjacent. Unfortunately for Ronnie, the only freshman on the team. Oh, wait, no, I have one more thing. Oh, go ahead. This is neither here nor there. When the girls do their routine and they're like little jumping beans and like jumping off of each other and catching each other, like they're (laughs) Tweedledee and Tweedledum going to the Mad Hatter's tea party. (laughs) It made me think, and this isn't cheerleading related, but I do feel like you and I have very few common childhood experiences church songs being one of them. But did you ever do the game where one person would sit on the other person's legs and you would sing, Amelia, Amelia, open up the door. That is not in the Bible. Well, no, no, no. This is secular. (laughs) Oh, no. You never did. Oh, my God, Donnie. One person lays down so their legs are showing. Another person sits on them so their legs are back. So it looks like the person sitting, the legs of the other person are their legs. But it's reverse cowgirl. Um. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You're sitting reverse cowgirl. Uh-huh. And it is, I think, the peak of comedy. I stand by, I think that puppets and Amelia, Amelia, open up the door are the height of comedy. It does not get funnier than that. Huh. You're going to love it, Donnie. Oh, my God. I wish we were together right now because I would stop this recording and I would make you do it. It is so funny. Do you know the song? My name is Flo and I work in a button factory. <gasps> you do? Pepe taught me this, but he made it, of course, because his name is Joe. Hi, my name is Joe and I work in a button factory. I have a wife and a dog and a family. Yeah. And then you do one day, my boss came up to me and said, hey, Joe, are you busy? I said, no. He said, push the button with your right yeah. hand. And then you go through all. And the tongue. Eh. Uh, 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 uh. Uh-huh. See? Wow. Shared memories. Yeah. Now, Joe might be the real one, but when the lady from Lamb Chop did it, she changed it because oh. she's a woman. Well, it would be like Pepe to steal from Lamb Chop and rebrand <laughs> it with a funky new beat and call it his own. Oh, maybe. He just <laughs> did the rap version. Then he told his sister-in-law to shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's the hook. That's where Nicki Minaj <laughs> yeah. comes in. But unfortunately for Ronnie, the only freshman or sophomore on the team, there's not enough room for two extra girls on the squad. So when the Corcoran sisters are accepted, Ronnie gets demoted to alternate. And like I said, this school is fucked. Because I understand the point is to win, so you want the best. But you already brought this girl on. You could have an extra girl. So this is time for me to seek my penance to go to confession. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I used to be a high school varsity cheerleader. Let's not forget. I've told the story, so I'm going to tell it quickly, but I've never told the full (gasps) extent of the damage that this little excursion into cheerleading (laughs) caused. So my best friend wanted to try out for cheerleading, but she was feeling really nervous about it. So as a joke, kind of, I was like, sure, I'll do it with you. Because I wanted to support her. I wasn't doing it Mm -hmm. like a joke because I didn't think she was going to make it. I was doing it like, well, certainly I'm not going to make the team. I made the team despite not knowing how to do a cartwheel. Basically, I was just friends with the cheerleaders and they were like, oh, that would be really funny fun to have Chelsea on the team. So I was on the team for two weeks. I did get benched at a basketball game. I became the first cheerleader in the school's history to be benched because I didn't know how to do the cheers. So I just sat and cheered for the cheerleaders. I was Uh so bad. There was no reason I should have made this team. I could not do it. I had to quit the team. 
But then they were down a player, so they had to re choreographed all of their routines and then i just did indoor track instead and got wow. the school record for the four by four so you know <laughs> i am evil i don't think you're evil now if it was drama club i would be cursing you out right now right. if you took the role and then dropped out i would say like you should be in the ground <laughs> luckily it was cheerleading so was that the official uniform and you just kept it shut up <laughs> Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. So, two weeks later, on a rainy, stormy night, the squad is headed to their first away game, complete with twirling fire batons. (laughs) (laughs) What? Twirling fire batons. We've got a real... (laughs) Barnum and Bailey situation <laughs> happening at Fear Street High. <laughs> when the girls realize they've forgotten the batons at their house, a pretty goddamn important prop to forget in a <laughs> baton twirling thing, but whatever, go off Corcoran sisters. The bus makes a detour, cutting through Fear Street, where it gets into an accident, flipping on its side and sliding into the Fear Street Cemetery. 
I mean, clearly the fire batons were a very important part of the show if the whole team and the bus driver were willing to make a detour to get them. Like, the show cannot go on without these. So they're fuck-ups, number one. Number two, Miss Green, not on the bus, but... I am Corcoran's sister adjacent in terms of forgetting shit. I've forgotten so many things in my life. Just off the top of my head, I once forgot my entire suitcase on the way to a family vacation. That wasn't fun. I've forgotten to take my car keys out of the ignition when I've parked and it's been running in the parking lot all day. I forget shit constantly. I also, but this was kind of on purpose. When I was a new fourth grader in public school, the very first school event was a sock hop, and I had never been to a sock hop, and then I got invited to this girl Shelly's birthday party before the sock hop, so I got to go over there, and I was so excited, and her house was like a no-shoe house where you take your shoes Mm. off at the door, so we all had our shoes by the door, and then we were running late to the sock hop, and I assumed, because we were going back to Shelly's later that night for a sleepover... I would be calling my mom, of course, to come Mm -hmm. and get me at some point, but I would be returning to the scene of the crime of Shelly's house. I just assumed a sock hop meant you wore your socks. (gasps) So I just left my shoes at Shelly's house and I get into the van. We're halfway to the school and I look around and I realize (laughs) everybody has their shoes on and I am just wearing my socks. So then I had to play dumb you weren't playing well yeah but I had to (laughs) act like I forgot my shoes Mm. I forgot to put my shoes on which wasn't great for my self-esteem that everybody quickly believed that story it's better to believe that than to think that you thought sock hop meant no shoes sock hop you thought you were gonna have to hop the whole time (laughs) well no but I thought there might be some hopping like a -a hopathon did you have to do that my church did that a hopathon. Where you hop? Yeah, and you like got people to sponsor you ahead of time and said like for every hop I do you have to pay five cents. And then you hopped as many times on one foot as you could. We had a jump a thon where oh. you jump rope. <laughs> this chapter was triggering for me because I was in two big car accidents in my life. I was in like bumper to bumper, that kind of stuff or whatever, fender benders. But one was a school bus accident when I was in like fourth grade. It was in the intersection and a drunk driver hit us right in the middle. Yeah. Crazy. So then like all the parents were waiting and luckily it was like five blocks from my bus stop anyway. So it's not like my mom was like, where is he? She was for a little bit, but then like after 20 minutes, they finally walked those five blocks and found the school bus. And then she got to take me home. And then my parents, because I had PTSD, they took me to Pizza Hut that night. Thank God. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then the other one was the intersection again. This was when I was in high school. Me and my friends... Got a group photo at Sears, like our friend group. We all wore jeans and white shirts. My best friend was driving and went through an intersection, and it was one where, like, two of the four things don't have a stop sign. Oh, I hate those. I know. So stupid. So she stopped and then went, but then someone hit her. But because of the impact, we ended up on the lawn in front of a bank. We could have crashed through glass. But we didn't. We just ended up on the lawn. But yeah, awful. Those are really scary. Now we have to talk about the biggest accident of all. I don't think it's an accident at all, actually. I think it was done on goddamn purpose. I have never read this book until this week. But I have discovered R.L. Stein has copied from me yet again. Oh, Jesus Christ. In college. And by college, I mean probably five years ago. I... (laughs) 
I wrote, I wrote a screenplay about a bus full of cheerleaders going to an away game, and on the way they get in an accident, and then zombies. Wait, <laughs> before you continue with whatever string of words you're about to put together, I would just like to gently point out something that you've said. So we have two conflicting ideas here. On one hand, we have that R.L. Stein has stolen from you yet again. Correct. On the other hand, we have you saying, five years ago, you wrote a screenplay. I would like to ask to rewind the tapes to the start of this episode when you said that this book came out <laughs> August of 1992. But here's the thing. I don't believe in the afterlife. I believe in reincarnation. So I think I have told this story perhaps around a fire, perhaps wrote on a cave wall hmm. <laughs> about cheerleaders on a bus getting attacked by zombies. And R.L. Stein became aware of that information and then in 1992 wrote it. Well, okay. Time is a flat circle and... So's the earth. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, time is a flat circle. So maybe... In some parallel universe, R.L. Stein was told by a man in a wig and a towel <laughs> how this book should go. I'm just mad. That's twice now. I got my number on you, R.L. <laughs> but after the accident, the good news is Corky and Bobby are only a block away from their house. The bad news, the pretty woman herself is face down, ass up, in the mud on top of Sarah Fear's grave. Jennifer is dead. But this is an R.L. Stein book after all, so just kidding, she's not. And when the paramedics arrive, Jennifer wakes up. No deaths have occurred, but this is still enough for the chunky, that's how she's described in the book, it's not me, chunky assistant captain Kimmy, equipped with her cheap signature necklace with a broken clasp, to blame the sisters for the accident. What, what a, a chapter. chapter. Did the cliffhangers bother you in this book as much as they did in Goosebumps? At first, okay. but then because I knew that there was a possibility of real payoff, I didn't mind them. Because I think that that's the key with the cliffhanger. You have to have the reader believe on some level that it could be true. Mm. And, I mean, spoiler alert, she was dead. Yeah. But obviously <laughs> this is intended for an older audience, but with the Goosebumps books... I just knew like nobody was ever going to die. Nobody was ever yeah. going to be actually hurt or in danger. So it just annoyed and me. And I think that's why it bothered you in the beginning because before danger happened, he was still ending on a cliffhanger. So it was like Bobby walked in the room and screamed. And then it was like she had broken a nail. Mm -hmm. Whereas then later she was screaming because mm -hmm. she's being boiled alive. <laughs> Jennifer may be alive, but she is also paralyzed. And it's hard to basket toss someone in a wheelchair. So the school holds a pep rally where they can... Just wait. I got lots of them. So the school holds a pep rally where they can celebrate Jennifer's bravery and also announce the next captain, Bobby Corcoran. Chelsea, this is much like the pronunciation of her last name in this episode. This is so fucked. Knowing that this is going to be a choice that makes half the squad upset, why would you do it in front of the whole school? There right. is no reason for that. Again, Miss Green is a gunk. <laughs> if this happened and I was Kimmy, I would have pulled off my little cheer panties and shat on the floor. Like this... <laughs> is unacceptable. Did I ever tell you about the girl who sang the national anthem at Blue Gray? I don't think so. You've told us about the teacher that almost 
got strangled to death during Blue Got choked Blue-Gray. out by duct yeah, tape. But what? This girl. <laughs> this girl. Uh-huh. Sang the national anthem at Blue Gray to start it off. But then she hit the wrong notes and was so embarrassed that she stopped singing in the middle of the song, oh, no. marched out of the gymnasium, slammed the door. And then it was a kind of door where they have like this big, like a six by 12 uh-huh. glass thing she punched through it and <gasps> screamed fuck but she still had the microphone in the other hand so fuck echoed through the gym that is superhuman <laughs> hulk strength <laughs> wait so how did the show go on from that point well after that it's just like relay races and stuff you know what i mean so a teacher was like all right let's start <laughs> that is amazing and i mean what a way to start i wish all national anthems yeah, <laughs> it's that girl and Roseanne's national anthems that really go down in the Hall of Fame. If being picked over for Captain isn't enough reason for Kimmy to hate Bobby, her ex-boyfriend, as of two weeks ago, asking Bobby out might be. And is. Kimmy turns most of the squad against Bobby just as things start to get weird elsewhere. Bobby hears voices when she's alone, lockers open and slam shut on their own around her, and at a football game, her new beau, Chip, loses control of his body and is unable to move, injuring him during the game. And if Buffy was on the case, she would have been using this time to research what the fuck is going on, but Bobby and Chip decide to make out instead. (laughs) I don't know what he looked like. I might have chosen that as well. Again, the naming, though. RL. If you're going to steal from Donnie, maybe do some workshopping on names. Ask for some suggestions. Because Chip... Well, in 1992, I feel like I read or saw other things where people were named Chip. I guess. Chip and Dale, famously. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's what he was named after. Is that why they call it Chippendales? No. Chip and Dale. Chippendales? That's too much of a coincidence. Talk about intellectual property theft. Wait. Did it start out as men stripping from like furry chipmunk <laughs> costumes? <laughs> what is a Chippendale? <laughs> Chippendale is a kind of cabinet. And Chippendale's, the strip, the take your clothes off for money place, uh-huh. is named after that kind of cabinet. Why? I'm not sure. I find that almost less sexy than being named after chipmunks. <laughs> Okay. The more you know. Do the chipmunks wear just a collar and no clothes? Because that's their uniform. I think they have sweatshirts. Or maybe I'm thinking of Alvin and the chipmunks. Yeah, that's Alvin and the chipmunks. They Winnie the Pooh. They just have long t-shirts. I'm not even Winnie the Poohing today. I just full on naked. Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) I do understand, though, about the making out. I understand when pressure is high, you don't always think straight. Like Mm -hmm. when I had my house fire, I didn't want to be outside with glasses on. So as like the fire department was like, come outside, come outside, I put my contacts in. Well, it's good to be prepared. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know how long I was going to be out there, if I was going to be on the news or anything. Oh, (laughs) well. Who wants someone in glasses on the news? (laughs) (laughs) Why did you say it like that? Turning into Jennifer Coolidge before our eyes. Did I sound like her? Not really, but just the exaggeration and the wig. It's really (laughs) painting a tale. Whenever I wear a blonde wig, I feel like I look like Bruce Valanche. Do you know who that is? No. Look him up. He was fat. He had a brown beard and blonde hair. Oh, my. (laughs) But you need to find him with a beard. Uh Uh-huh. I got it. He was on Hollywood Squares. Uh And I always feel like I look like him when I do this. Awful. But... 
I look kind of cute. Well, you did recently get told that you looked like who? Who told me this? Somebody from one of your games. Thought they were on with a celebrity. Wait, who? Did I make this up? <laughs> no, you're right. I forgot about it. Oh. Because when people say mean things about me, I ignore them oh, and only like focus Beyonce. on the nice thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Fat, fat Joe. Joe. is who they said. They private messaged me and said, oh, my God. When I first signed into the Zoom, I thought we had a celebrity guest. <laughs> you're like, you did. Oh, you're familiar with my podcast? That's, yeah. That's what I thought. Because sometimes, not to pat ourselves on the back, but sometimes when I usher, people are like, are you Donnie? One time someone said, are you Chelsea's co-host? I said, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> but the other time, when they call me by name, D-O-N-N-Y, I say, why, yes, yes, I am. But this time they said, a celebrity guest, I thought you were Fat Joe. <laughs> okay. There's an adjective at the start of that I don't really love. I think you look good in a blonde wig, if it's any consolation. Oh, thank you. I think you kind of look like JVN. Huh. Okay. I'll allow it. I would prefer you say Megan Fox, but... (laughs) It's the beard, you know. What about now? Oh, there it is. (laughs) Yep. Wow. Celebrity guest. When I did this, I thought I looked like JonBenet Ramsey. (laughs) (laughs) Look. Cute. Huh? I would like my silence to be noted. Like Helen Keller, the musical. So the temporary. <laughs> the temporary paralysis doesn't end with Chip. And when the same thing happens to Bobby during cheerleading practice, Kimmy finds her bitch ass on the ground with a broken arm. <laughs> I feel bad for Kimmy, of course. But I also don't think that the team was necessarily very good under pressure. Ronnie literally yells, this is attempted murder. And then (laughs) Miss Green, who, I mean, we've spoken about Miss Green, but she immediately is like, I heard a crack. You probably broke it. It's like, could we maybe just not? Like, I don't think we're helping the situation here by overreacting like this. No, definitely overreacting. And I know it happens in like... A second. But while it was happening, girls were yelling like, she's not going to catch her. She's not going to catch her. Well, then you can move around and try. Right. You're not Jennifer. (laughs) You can walk (laughs) over there and catch her. Truly. Yeah. But of course, nobody believes Bobby that, like Chip, she had any control. Is this patriarchy? Because nobody questioned Chip. But when Bobby uses the excuse, she is a liar. Not on my watch. Pussy Mm. hat is on over this headphones. Even her sister Corky doesn't believe her. Nor does she believe that Bobby saw our wheelchair-bound Julia Roberts walking around our house. Mm -hmm. When I read this chapter, this is when I texted you that I don't trust anybody in this book. Yeah, but this is a typical sister fight. I've talked about how sisters scare me. I have a brother. I don't understand it. I have friends who have sisters. My daughters are sisters. Sisters are so scary because when Bobby and Corky were fighting, they're saying this like mean, horrible shit to each other. They're like never going to speak again. And then Corky's laying there and is like, that's so annoying that she just woke me up. It's like you're telling her that you think she's so unright in the head that you need to get your parents or a doctor involved. And you're like, ugh, so annoying that my sister suffering a psychotic break woke me up. (laughs) I will never go toe to toe with a girl who grew up with sisters because anything I could ever say to try to break their spirit, they heard before like 8 a.m. in fourth grade. And I think that's why I'm so good because I am basically a sister. I'm more of a sister than a brother. And I think that that's why when we talk about how you have big sister energy and you don't think that I have big sister energy despite being the big sister in my family, I think it's because I'm a a big sister to a brother and that's mm. a big difference a big sister to a sister is a very different vibe
vibe than a big sister to a brother. Because let's be real, I take credit for any coolness my brother has now. The reason why my brother is kind and sweet and nice and good to women, I take credit for. And I bullied him in very specific ways that made him into the man he is today. But I did not have to be in the trenches of a sister fight. Fair enough. You know? Whereas yeah, you were that makes sense. the ringleader over there in your house. <laughs> I was. Oh, I need to put that in my Big Brother audition. I know how to turn someone against someone else very quickly. And I can do it back and forth. I can get Sister A to not like Sister B and vice versa. And I think you should wear this wig during that part of it. <laughs> yeah. It turns out not catching someone during a routine is frowned upon. So Bobby is asked to step down from the team. And if that's not enough of a punishment, someone locks her in the showers after school and boils her alive. Did you pay attention (laughs) to the name of this chapter? No. In Hot Water. Oh, I I was like, oh, R.L. Stein, you little (laughs) punny trickster, you. He tried to tell us. He tried to tell (laughs) us. But you know what I hate the most in the world, besides my ideas being stolen by R.L. Stein, is a surprise final girl. Like, we followed Bobby this entire book. She was being spooked by noises. She thought Jennifer could walk, all this stuff. Just for her to die when there's 20 pages left. Like a lobster. Yeah. Boiled alive. Um, speaking of lobster, reading this chapter, <laughs> reading, reading this chapter almost made me want to stop eating seafood that is boiled alive because I do feel bad for them after seeing it happen to a human, but I'm not going to because you may recall I stopped my nine month vegan streak by going straight to veal. So I think me joining PETA anytime soon is not going to happen. However, like a little part of my heart twitched for a lobster. Well, you know that veal is not seafood, right? No, I know. But I mean, in terms of like torturing what we're going to eat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just needed to hear you say that (laughs) you knew that veal wasn't related to lobster directly in the same family tree. Do you know crabs scream when they're boiled alive? I didn't know that. Really sad. I did just hear on a podcast that... Was it the two Italian boys again? No, it wasn't. This was an education, not really educational, but I learned something. When a Venus flytrap eats a fly, you can hear the fly scream if you set up (gasps) little microphones. Like a little tiny boom mic? Yeah, you can hear a fly scream when being eaten by the plant. Okay. Nothing says you should have believed your sister more than finding her pruned up corpse in a high school shower. Corky also finds Kimmy's cheap broken necklace at the scene of the crime, but thinks nothing of it because she's a dumb bitch. Bobby would never. Corky found this necklace and put it right in her pocket for two weeks. Didn't think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I will say this is like my mom's wet dream, no pun intended, for the shower, because my mom will constantly say things like any time growing up that I said something mean to her, which was often because, as I can remind the audience, I was a terrorist. Uh But anytime I said something mean to her, she would say, oh, you're really going to regret that if I suddenly die. You're (gasps) really going to regret being this mean to me if I get hit by a bus. (laughs) And so like her being boiled alive in the shower right after I said something mean to her, she would just be hog heaven. Yeah. Thank you for saving me from what I was about to say (laughs) about my mom. Flicking the bean. (laughs) <laughs> she said it anyway. I think I got that from your mom because I do the same thing with Quinn. Like if we fight and then I have to go to work, I'm like, oh my God, don't you think you should apologize before I leave? What if I get struck mm. by a car? I like work. to tell Dr. Bald, it's not in fighting ways, but just every once in a while, I like to remind him <laughs> what a catch I am. So I'll just be laying there in bed next to him. I'm like, you know, you would have one single folded pillow <laughs> if it weren't for me. 
Do you feel this nice plush mattress pad under your back right now? When we met, you didn't even have sheets. Look mm. at you now. No sheets. The first time I stayed over, Donnie, he had he had one sheet that's not the kind you can tuck around the corners, just one sheet on his bed with his sad little bachelor no. flat-ass pillow. That's what he had prepared for his girlfriend to come stay over for the first time. Uh-huh. I was horrified. But his house also smelled like an iguana because the drug dealer who had lived in the house before him had a giant reptile that they just let walk around huh. the house. And so the whole house smelled like a terrarium. That place was fucking disgusting. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Boys are wow. gross. Yeah. Men, ugh. I, like, hate that I married a man, except that it's <laughs> Dr. Bald and he's wonderful. But whenever he points out my red flags, I just circle it back to that sad little yellow pillow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I should say straight men. I'm sorry, gay men. I shouldn't lump you in with No, that. it's the same. I'm gross. I'm sitting naked on my dining room chair, for God's sake. You want to come over and have dinner? <laughs> Two weeks later, Corky finally has a flash of common sense and accuses Kimmy of being in the locker room the day of Bobby's death. There's just one problem. It's not her necklace anymore. It's Jennifer's. She gave it to her after the accident. And in the list of fucked up things in this book, this is bottom of the list. But why would you give your friend who can no longer walk a broken necklace as a sorry you might not be able to walk again? Like, I would buy her a pair of nice shoes. They're not going to get dirty. So, so maybe some Louboutins, like ask everyone on the squad for 20 bucks. Maybe some baseball cards to put in the spokes of her wheelchair wheels. Cute. Not this crappy ass necklace that's been falling apart the whole book. But that's all Corky needs to hear. And Corky goes to confront Jennifer, who she sees walk into the Fear Street Cemetery. But she's not Jennifer. Not anymore. Sarah Fear's spirit entered Jennifer's body. <laughs> Jennifer's, Jennifer's body! body. <laughs> Uh, that's fun. Sarah Fear Spirit entered Jennifer's body the day she died. And after a tussle with some witchcraft, zombie magic, and good old-fashioned feminist upper body strength, Corky locks the evil spirit back in the coffin, and Jennifer is gone for good. Or is she? Probably not, because there's two more books. I don't really understand the ending. I know. Okay, so here's what I understand. Uh-huh. I understand that when the bus crashed, Jennifer died... Mm-hmm. She landed on Sarah Fears, yeah. which then let the demon who had possessed Sarah Fear enter Jennifer's body. But then at the end, there's a pendant, and then Corky screams. So is she now possessed? I don't get it. I don't think so. Well, you asked me this the other day in the text, and I certainly didn't know the answer then, because after Bobby died, I just read dialogue only. So if Corky wasn't screaming what was happening, I did not know. But then you yelled at me and said, when I'm moderating, I cannot read like that, which I don't think is appropriate. If you were my teacher, you would not tell me how I can and cannot read. That's literally what a teacher does. But I, what if I have... Uh, issue that I can't read like that. Well, then you can let me know your accommodations. My accommodations are when I get bored, I can only read dialogue, not description. Boredom isn't a <laughs> precursor for an IEP, Donnie. And there wasn't actually a whole lot of dialogue in this book. Well, I also like read important words. Like I saw dirt was flying around. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the word skeleton. So I connected Did you go back and read? Yeah, I did. Oh. I don't think Corky was um, possessed. I think Sarah just wanted to kill her and throw her into the ground because 
Now she just wants to kill people. That is a petty ass demon. Because the demon has this whole monologue about like you perfect, blonde, skinny cheerleader. We all have our trauma. We all have the things we have to go through. (laughs) But at what point do we just accept ourselves for who we are and stop being jealous of pretty teenagers? Right. So final thoughts. If we were to make this book a movie, who would you cast in the movie version? I would cast Halle Bailey. Little Mermaid, and her sister Chloe as the sisters, Bobby and Corky. And then the girl from To All the Boys I've Loved Before, I would cast as Jennifer. And then Lily Rose Depp, Johnny's daughter, and also that was in that, whatever, that HBO show that everybody hated. Remember? No? What? Sorry, I was, what? She zoned out. She acted like she was listening. I caught her. Sorry, say that again? Sure. I pulled a Donnie. I basically had a proverbial (laughs) hat on my head. I wasn't paying attention. Um, As Kimmy, I would cast Lily Rose Depp, who's Johnny Depp's daughter. And she was in that HBO show that everybody hated, but I forget the name of it. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm glad we circled back. (laughs) Okay, great. And you? Well, I think it could be really funny to do it almost like soap dish style, Mm. where it's like a parody of a reality show. We see the behind the scenes. And then we can make Miss Green a more fleshed out character. She can be like behind the scenes puppet master orchestrating things and like talking to the camera like this is really going to fuck them up. Mm. So we see a motive. I want her to be played by Lisa Kudrow. Oh, and okay. then the reason why I zoned out during Donnie's is the only thing I wrote down and I didn't say who she was going to play. I just said the girl from Mad Men and Sabrina, who was just in that Thrasher movie we watched and liked. <laughs> so her, she'll be in it. OK, I am into that. I love her. Yeah, me too. So final, final thoughts. What about this book aged well and what aged like Borders? I didn't write anything for either of them and not because I didn't do my homework. I just I mean, they did make a point to call Kimmy chunky. So maybe that. (laughs) Yeah, there were lots of references about weight. There was just casual things like when the Corcoran sisters do their routine, one of them says to the other, like, you've put on weight. There's a lot of like body stuff. There were also things that kind of just dated it in general to make it very early Mm. 90s. Some of the cool clothes people were wearing was very 90s. But in terms of plot, I think it holds up. Like, I think any middle school student could pick it up today and it wouldn't take them out of it. Uh -uh. And next week, we are going back to Goosebumps to end spooky season with The Haunted Mask, which takes place on Halloween. Ooh, perfect. It's almost like you planned it. (laughs) Well, that's it. So we will see you next week. We will talk to you later. Love Love you like like a sister. sister. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at OnoChels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to to you you later. later. Love you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.